0: Hi, I'm Matt Waller, Dean of the Sam Walton College of Business. Welcome to Be epic the podcast where we explore excellence, professionalism, innovation, and collegiality, and what those values mean in business education and your life today. I have with me today Sandy Ash, who is an expert on resilience. She's a keynote speaker, a consultant, She's a author and a TEDx speaker and many other things. And one of the reasons that I contacted her because I read a book that caught my eye. And the book is called Roar, How to Build a Resilient Organization. And it talks a lot about the San Diego Zoo. And she applied these concepts to the San Diego Zoo And if any of you are like me and you enjoy going to zoos, you know that that's probably the best zoo in the world. I've been to zoos in many, many zoos in the United States and outside of the United States, even in China. And um, I can tell you, I think the San Diego Zoo is the best. So two things caught me at my eye about this. One, it was about the San Diego Zoo. And the other is it's about resilience. And I thought resilience is such an important concept right now especially because of covid and so i thought well i'll get the book and i got it and i read it and i liked it but first of all sandy thank you for agreeing to do this podcast with me i appreciate it
1: oh thank you it's such a pleasure to be here and share some of my stories thanks matt
0: so would you mind if we started by just you telling me what what is resilience you've been studying resilience for many years you've helped companies and zoos become resilient what is resilience
1: resilience is quite misunderstood there's a lot of mythology about it and typically when i ask people what does resilience mean to you the kinds of answers that i get are you know strength determination courage tenacity the ability to bounce back from setbacks and All of those are true and important, but consider that the continual bouncing back and forth every time we face change, challenge crisis and now intense chaos, can become incredibly wearing and exhausting over time. So when I think about resilience, I think about a holistic perspective, a set of skills and tools that frankly anybody can master, that gives you the ability to respond effectively to any circumstance and stay whole, W-H-O-L-E. So the question is, can you face The next storm whatever that will be and we're living in a world of radically unpredictable (laughs) storms that are accelerating at lightning speed can you face whatever storm you're in and stay true to yourself now that sounds sort of airy fairy but if you really think about it yes you're gonna bounce back after the setback and you may even emerge stronger and wiser, hopefully, right, as we all are in COVID. But the bigger question now particularly is, can you navigate through this time or whatever change, challenge, or crisis you're in and stay true to your values, stay deeply rooted to your values, your principles, your sense of purpose? And like a tree in a storm, can you shake but not break the Conversation is about resilience, is your ability to manage stress and to meditate. And yes, I absolutely believe in those, those are definitely. A piece of the puzzle but when i think about resilience i think about a holistic perspective so your ability to develop the emotional resilience you need to be able to stay calm and focused to be able to respond and not react that's a big one to master physical resilience that level of energy and vitality and stamina that you need to fulfill on all your goals and still have energy left over at the end of the day and also manage your time and energy wisely. The next piece is a piece on relational resilience, to be able to be bold and truthful and transparent and use every conversation to inspire action and move things forward so that your relationships are inspiring, they are strong, they can hold you. And then the big one, and I know we're going to talk about this today as it relates to the zoo, and this is a favorite, is value resilience, your sense of connectedness to what's important to you and connectedness to what's important in your organization so that sense of purpose of belonging of real value it's sort of like that lighthouse or that compass that keeps pulling you forward, even when you don't have the energy or you're fragmented or distracted. And then the last element is the mental resilience, the tenacity, the strength, the determination, the perseverance to be able to face any storm that's coming your way and exercise mind over matter, not give in to excuses and rise above the storm defy the odds so that's my picture of resilience it's a big picture of resilience and it may sound daunting to people but i know for sure that resilience is not reserved for the rich and famous or the the few people who've had big experiences in life resilience is just a function of daily habits that we practice every day that build the muscle it's like going to the gym
0: well One of the chapters that really caught my attention in your book was chapter 13, which is connecting people to the why. And a few pages into that, you have a section um, called connecting people to the purpose. And it says, it's not enough to just have a clear purpose. People at every level of the organization must live and breathe its values, mission, And vision. And so one of the reasons that caught my attention, Sandy, is because, of course, when I was reading this book, part of what I was thinking was. How can I help the Sam M. Walton College of Business to become more resilient? So I was I was looking for tactics as I read. Um, And, you know, because we, you know, in March, The middle of March, we all of a sudden went remote. So professors, some of whom had never taught online, were teaching remotely. So we had to take over 100 professors and move them to remote. We had to take over 6,000 students and move them to remote. And we had maybe 150 staff that had to work remote to support all of this. It was daunting. And um, I sent an email to the college right in the midst of this before we actually made the transition. Fortunately, this happened right before spring break. So we had spring break to kind of adjust. But our, our university was founded in 1871, but our college was founded in 1928. And I was just thinking about what the college had gone through since 1928. During World War II, our enrollment went down by two thirds. So you know we've gone through terrible things, and yet today we're we're a top uh, 50 business school in the United States, and and we're in Arkansas on top of that, which is a sparsely populated state. But I I I mentioned this in my email to the faculty and staff that you know I, I said we are a resilient people. We we can make it through this and. So when I read this in your book, where you say people at every level of the organization must live and breathe its values, mission, and vision, it made me wonder as I was going through this and I thought, I don't think I'm doing enough to actually fulfill this, to to make it uh, a resilient organization. When you were working with the San Diego Zoo on resilience, what are some of the challenges they faced that made them really need to uh be resilient as an organization
1: yeah well you know i think the san diego zoo like any organization is challenged right i mean it's a great organization it's an incredible zoo but it's not perfect let's just be clear no organization is perfect they had significant financial crises over the years. They face union challenges, very heavily unionized organization. Um, the, they're very often under resourced, and so there is jockeying for budget and resources. Um, and then they were really concerned about the level of employee engagement. Now you would think, oh, I work at the world famous zoo i get to work with incredible animals in an unbelievable environment i'm going to show up at work every day tapped in tuned in turned on but that's not always the case you know it looks glamorous and it seems glamorous but behind the scenes a lot of what's going on is shoveling you know shoveling large mounds of things that don't smell very good So the challenge was, how does a 100 year organization, and now you're speaking about the the College of Business, which is also more than 100 years, how do you keep people deeply connected? And Matt, not just from an intellectual point of view. You know, it's one thing to say, we have this grand purpose and here's what it is. And by the way, it's on the wall in a lobby somewhere. And the truth is, people just think that's BS. Right, so the question is, how do you take that big purpose or that big vision and connect people to it, not only head, but also in their heart? And I think that's the one thing that most organizations grapple with is how do you create a sense of passion and energy and excitement, emotion around that purpose? And that's what the San Diego Zoo has done very well. So they created a purpose that was so big and so audacious it kind of makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up they call it the call c-a-l-l is to end animal extinction so when you have a massive purpose like ending animal extinction which by the way you can probably never really fulfill it's so big and it's so inspiring that it gets people out of bed in the morning with what I say a roar of purpose and passion, because when you get up in the morning and you know your purpose is to help end animal extinction, you better get on with it. You know, you're not gonna be lazy and sloppy and oh, I don't feel like it. But the next step then, and I'm sure this is something that you're even having discussions with your faculty and your staff and your students and your donors, is how do you rally all of your stakeholders around your purpose? And that's another thing the San Diego Zoo has done brilliantly. So it's not just let's get employees excited about ending animal extinction. But let's get our volunteers and our donors and our vendors. So uh, I'll share a story. This is a classic example. If you remember, there was a time when and it still is. There is concern about rhinos becoming extinct. And some of the rangers at the San Diego Zoo were taking a group of high school students around the zoo and they wanted to get them united and inspired around the call to end animal extinction. So they asked the kids to write on their hands in big, bold marker pen, stop killing the rhinos. And then they had all the kids hold their hands up with that message. And they took photos and posted the photos on social media with the hashtag rally for rhinos. So now you have conservationists and people who love animals and zoos from all around the world rallying together to end the threat against rhinos. And I think. Anything you can do to bring your purpose alive, take it off the wall and sort of embedded in the DNA of people so that every person, no matter what their role is in your organization, can clearly articulate how what they do every day is impacting and fulfilling on their purpose. Every single employee at the San Diego Zoo whether they're selling hot dogs and Cokes, or they're working in in the Conservation Institute to come up with strategies to save bald-headed eagles. Every single employee can tell you the story about how what they do every day is helping to end animal extinction. So the high school kid who's selling Coca-Cola at the concession stand can tell you, hey, if I upsell, one out of every five guests at the zoo from a medium sized Coke to an extra large size Coke. It's going to generate this amount of revenue over the month of the year, and this is going to help save the white Rhino. So every employee has that heartfelt story about how they're connected to the purpose, and that's when purpose becomes powerful and that's when it becomes alive.
0: So, Sandy, you have, through all of your experience in studying resilience and helping companies become resilient, you've developed some tools, one of which is the Resilience at Work Assessment would you mind telling us a little bit about that? Sure
1: so the assessment just gives you the opportunity to go online there is no cost and to rate yourself on each of the five resilience competencies and find out how emotionally physically mentally relationally and value how what is your level of resilience in each of those competencies and they get your overall resilience score and if you're candid when you respond to the survey, You get a real clear picture of where your areas of strength are and where your areas and opportunities for growth and then when you get your scores, I also include in there an audio a video and uh, to explain what each of those those resilience competencies mean, as well as an action plan for you to determine what your next steps are in building your resilience. You know, when I have this resilience daily planner, so when COVID swept into our lives, I had to develop a mechanism to stay sane. (laughs) And here I was, the person who'd been traveling all around the world and written a book about resilience. I thought, God, I should really know this by now. But what I noticed is, Having an intellectual understanding of resilience and reading about it is great, it's one thing, but actually putting it into practice is quite another thing. So I created this daily planner with, you know, a couple of simple habits to do first thing in the morning, uh, at lunchtime, in the afternoon, dinner time and bedtime that help. Keep me anyway focused and resilient. And so I'm sharing it with people. It is customizable and fillable. You can add your own ideas in there. And that you can get at sandyash.com forward slash planner. And it's just a real simple way of creating certainty, of creating routine, and of staying focused, particularly at a time when it's so easy for us to get fragmented and distracted and be pulled off course, to be blown over by the, the fear of the uncertainty, the negativity, the, the rumors that are swirling around us. So if ever there were a time for us to be building our resilience muscles, it would have to be now.
0: Early on in your career, you published a book your first book was called excellence at work is that correct yes and that year you know maybe 20 years ago your house had just burned down yes and looking through you know your your timeline you faced a number of challenges how have some of those challenges you faced like your house burning down how has that shaped some of your perspectives
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, thanks for asking that. I think for all of us, as you say, we face different challenges and adversity in different times in our life, sometimes predictable and unpredictable. And what it does is it Gives us the opportunity to see where we need to strengthen ourselves and grow. And for sure, when my house burned down, you know, that was um, that sort of juncture where we say, okay, I can be the victim and say, oh, woe is me, and just let things fall apart. Or I can really look at this event or this experience as an opportunity to rise above my circumstances and to be at cause c-a-u-s-e rather than be at effect and we're living in a time now where we're faced with that same choice i think we're faced with that choice probably many times a day sometimes every hour every minute do i be at cause or do i be or am i at effect and am i willing to to engage in the habits and the practices, the rituals in my day to day life that will proactively help me build those muscles in this friend. So the next time. God forbid a house burns down or something we are facing a challenge. We have the ability to face it head on and stay deeply rooted or grounded to who we are and what's important and to navigate and respond effectively in that situation i've lived in countries at war i grew up in south africa as you know you know there was a lot of political unrest so wherever we are in life the more that we pushed and pulled and pressed and bent the greater our our, our motivation and our desire to strengthen ourselves and that's why this time that we're in, in this COVID world, is so rich an opportunity for all of us to grow at the next level. Because certainly in the darkest and most challenging of times, we have the greatest opportunity for growth. And earlier you were talking about the growth and the strengthening, the developing of resilience, that your staff, your faculty, your students, you all had to go through. And look, you know, if we just got to coast and everything was certain and easy and the puzzle was already done for us then we don't get to fulfill on our purpose we don't get to utilize our unique talents gifts and strengths one of my most formative experiences about resilience was when I was growing up in South Africa every summer my parents would take me and my two brothers on safari Mm -hmm. And we would wind our way through the wilderness in the hot car. Those are the days when cars didn't have air conditioning. On these dusty, bumpy roads for hours and hours, our little noses pressed to the windows trying to spot animals. And the highlight was always the lion and, and the lion kill. And for me, the lion is really such an incredible model and teacher of what it means to be resilient. You know, the lion's hunting success rate, what do you think its it's hunting success rate is?
0: Oh gosh, I don't know. I'm gonna say one in five.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Well, less than 30%. Wow. Yeah. So, but the line never gives up. It doesn't make excuses. You know, it doesn't blame the herd of stampeding buffalo across its path or the windstorm. It just gets up because it has such a compelling purpose and the purpose is make the kill so I can feed my pride. And so I think when you're thinking about resilience and when we're thinking about how we can be most effective in our world, whatever our world is, for me, the image and the behavior of the lion is such a beautiful example of that.
0: Sandy, um, thank you so much for being on this podcast. And thank you for writing this book. I, as I said, I enjoyed it. And I think it's timely, given what we're experiencing. But to your point, I think resilience is important at any point in time. And in some ways, it's a good way to be prepared for the future because nobody can predict these black swans. So the more resilient you are, the better prepared you are.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you. It's been such a pleasure. I love to share my stories, and so thank you so much for inviting me to do so. And uh, we will set up an opportunity for anybody who's interested in reading the book to download a free copy of the ebook. and the URL for that will, is sandyash.com dot com forward slash ebook so i hope all your listeners really enjoy the stories and one of my favorite parts of the book is and i'm sure you saw this matt at the end of every chapter there's some really deep soul-searching questions that are uh, fantastic platform for a book club and discussion and um, also personal introspection about how you can become a more resilient and effective leader so thanks again i wish you enormous success and it was such a pleasure thank you so much